The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Pre-market is holding on to gains uh, despite September CPI running a touch hot. Up four-tenths on headline. Core was in line. Yields are higher, but that 10-year managing to stay below 4.6 for now as we turn our attention to earnings next. Our roadmap begins with that latest inflation print. Hotter than expected for the month. What could it mean for Fed rate policy? The UAW expanding its labor strike against Ford, targeting one of the company's largest plants will get the latest and the IEA saying the Israel Hamas war poses a risk to the oil market saying they will remain on tenterhooks as that crisis unfolds. Let's get to the CPI print though Jim the general take is that X shelter which was more than half the gains means the Fed may look past this one. Well look I, they're struggling on shelter uh, very much because it's rent remember they took the housing out in the early 80s and there's just not enough places built. We had some numbers this morning I was watching on, uh, on WEX, which was Frank Hollinship. It, it, it's 1% down in New York. Well, that's not, that's not going to cut it. I mean, JPL wants to see housing rolled back a little bit more. It's up 40%. Uh, rental, you need more apartments built. I think that he wants to see more good numbers in a row. And I don't can't say that this is a good number. Uh, people were hoping for a one-tenth, and you do have one-tenth if you take core X shelter. Again, well, and people are looking at some of the new rent uh, data and that will eventually get folded into these right, monthly and numbers. I, I think and, and uh, energy, but I just think that what happens is, is that you hope that other things make it down and make up for it, and you don't. I mean, look, rents, that it is true that there was an amazing number of apartments that were uh, started to be built after COVID. And they should come in line, and then you're going to have it. But why um, jump the gun? Why look and say, you know what? It's going to get better. You, you have, it has to be better. Because otherwise, what's going to happen is there's a chance that he, uh, that he lowers or does nothing, and then it goes bad again, and he looks weak. Uh, so I think he's going to look at these numbers and decide, I don't know if this is continuity. Uh, I think that it should have gone down each month, and instead it stayed roughly the same. And that's just not good enough. Yeah. Well, year-on-year year core did go down. Uh, we right. got to 4.1, uh, prior 4.3. Santelli was pointing out, haven't seen a sub-4 number since May right. of 21. Well, you know, look, I, I think there's a big issue here. And the big issue is that he, this is my own personal view of it, that, and, but knowing his ethos, Look, the average worker can't handle that. Plus four, can't handle that. I mean, that means you go to uh, Olive Garden, you, you go to Fridays, and, and the numbers are too high. It, it's just true. And you go um, and you have a drink, and the numbers too high. So you stay home, and you go to the, to the supermarket, and the numbers are too high. Like nobody's cutting, and uh, nobody's cutting price other than if they're trying to get into Costco. And so Costco is the great equalizer, maybe Amazon. But, you know, you've got Amazon trying to do the right thing, but then you have the FTC coming down on them. 
so I mean, I just I want to know who other than Costco, maybe Walmart on their private label, is at the vanguard of trying to help the working person. It doesn't mean anything to the rich. The pal's not focused on the rich. He's focused on the people who make 45,000, 50,000. This is not good number. Uh, well, that's kind of what Delta got to today, yes. where unit passenger revenue is down one and a half because yes. airfares have come in. Yes, there you go. That's real. But they don't have, we don't have enough money. You know, they've come in. These are still small numbers. They're small numbers. And I think if you're Jay Powell, you're not trying to get things down one and two percent. I mean, geez, everything's up so much since the pandemic, but the pandemic's over. And the only company I ever hear is, that's saying it is Costco. You know, Costco had two to one. Why? Because they went into everybody and said, okay, look, the whole charade about the freight, that's all over. And if you want to sell into us, you got to cut price. And if you don't, Kirkland Signature is going to take you apart other than Coke and Pepsi, which is the only thing they've ever failed on. And I think that that's kind of the law of the land. But the other supermarket, nobody's doing that. No one is holding these producers. Uh, no one is saying to the, the people who build apartments, listen, um, there's a lot coming on. And, and, you know, the people who the guys who build the apartments say, wow, we're going to be in trouble. You can't convert the uh, it's just too expensive to convert the office. We thought that that was something that could happen. Yeah. Uh, so, we- look, I just I just think think of the working person. We have look, I'm very grateful that I do well. OK, I, I can handle it four percent. But as someone who owned a restaurant, uh, that's too much. Well, I mean, you're obviously looking past used cars and apparel, which September, were negative. September Some was up. Headlines this morning about uh, IKEA cutting furniture prices well, again. It's clearly not enough for you. No, um, because I had CarMax one the other day, and September was up a percent for used cars. Up a percent. I mean, that's the kind of thing that if you're pal, you're saying, oh man, if I moved and it's up 1%, what did I accomplish? Again, who buys used cars? People who don't make much money. Carmax said that on air. Who has to pay a giant amount for credit card? Those people. Uh, who has to pay those people being our, the, our citizens? And, and they, it's very hard to afford the financing for a car. So let's stop being so elitist. And remember that people go to the supermarket and they go to the drugstore and the prices are up from four years ago. But why? Why? We've got transportation covered. We've got supply chain covered. Um, are, can, could chemicals be up? No. We have a surfet of chemicals. That's natural gas liquids. So the surfactants inside be up? No. Those are chemicals. Should uh, the general stuff that's in, the, in, the, uh, that's in a box of Oreos go up? Why? The cardboard's down. Aren't you a champion of corporate margins? <laughs> well, I'm not Lena Khan, but I, I, am, I, I am saying that Pal is uniquely pro-working class. And these are numbers that are not conducive to the working class person being able to save anyone. So you would, you would hike on November 1st? I would, but I'm going to be wrong. But, you, don't, you don't think they will, but you would. Yes, because this is just too high. And if that's so, why why are equities hanging in this morning? Well, okay, I think equities are hanging in. I mean, if you look like, look at the food stocks, I did I did this piece last night for No Huddle uh, after uh, after I was sure that Bryce Harper destroyed the Braves. And what I found was the idea was that historically these food stocks have had higher multiples, but they're safety stocks. It makes no sense. And then I looked at the multiples. And other than Pepsi at 21 times earning and Coke at 20 times earning, the multiples have collapsed. Why? Because people don't want to be in these stocks, whether it be a GLP-1 or because people just say, you know what, 
the average working person cannot handle these costs. Uh, they'd rather buy private label. Now, when you go to Walmart private label, I mean, people joke about it. But I defy you to tell me that it's different. Uh, King, uh, Kirkland's signature. I've worn a signature tie. I've worn, I've worn Kirkland, Kirkland tie and Kirkland shirt here in the last couple of days. Did anyone say, oh, my God, Kramer's wearing, like, a tattered shirt? No. I look darn good in it. Well, no, that's a little hyper, that's a little hyperbole. But the tie and the shirt were not recognized as being Kirkland. Yeah, I did a whole doc on Costco and the efforts they go through to make Kirkland as good as any other brand. Yeah, they're premium generic. Yeah. So I'm, I am saying that what you have to look at is what Pal's thinking, not what you think. We did get some upgrades this morning of uh, KMB and Clorox. And I, I thought that was saw Bernstein making a bullish stand here. Okay, now th- those are typical of the reset. Well, Linda Rendell, I mean, I don't know if they finished finding that hack yet. That's kind of a, that's kind of a, neg- it's a negative existential thing. But you look at Kimberly. Okay. Now, first of all, no one is going to come in. There's not going to be Chinese Kleenex, okay? There's not. I mean, you're just not going to put it in. It sells, it's got a 4% yield. It's got a, a 15 PE. I could argue that that PE is a little bit too high, but they have a brand. They have a moat. Uh, I, I think Clorox, I mean, go on to Amazon and try to find an analog that will clean your uh, whites. I mean, Clorox tried to merge with Procter, and the government shot that down. But so that's a moat. I mean, even though it's the most generic of generics, chlorine has a moat. And I just find that these, these companies are close, so low that they, um, they look up to me. Is, uh, is Walgreens also in that camp? Absolutely. I think Walgreens is – I'm so glad you brought that up. I, it was, they, they didn't really kitchen sink it. But Tim Wentworth is going to shift. Now, 5% of theirs is healthcare. 95% is lock and key. Lock and key being the that you know I got to, I order stuff from Amazon uh, in the day in the morning and it's there in the evening and it beats obviously having someone over. He knows that he's going to pivot and make that into a healthcare company. That's a buy. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Wentworth starts his uh, job a week from, week from Monday. No, I'm just saying he begins his... I, I, this guy's a genius. You said nice things he's yesterday. He's powerful and he understands. Now, the previous CEO left before the press release was out. Suboptimal. This fellow, this fellow, I sound like my father, um, is so good. What a choice. I love it. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Obviously, it's a big corporate uh, management piece right now. Uh, the market's still uh, fielding headlines from the is- Israel-Hamas war, now entering its sixth day. Uh, we got the Secretary of State arriving in Tel Aviv today, meeting with some regional leaders, including Netanyahu, moving on to Amman, pledging U.S. support. NBC's Kelly Covier is live on the ground this morning. Good morning, Kelly. Hey, good morning, Carl. Yeah, the government here in Israel has not yet announced any sort of ground offensive. They haven't officially said uh, they're going in on the ground, but that is clearly the direction we're headed, and it could come now. When you look at the number of troops and tanks amassed on the ground at the border with Gaza, more than 300,000 reservists, some coming in from abroad, getting ready, uh, preparing for war, for what will be, uh, if it does happen, a very long and difficult war. Uh, The conditions inside Gaza, absolutely horrific. You have a lot of infrastructure that is damaged as well, so it will not be easy for heavy equipment uh, to get into Gaza. Uh, Today, Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, was in Tel Aviv. He did meet with the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, He spoke to reporters afterward. He pledged the U.S.'s 
ironclad support for Israel. He described some of the horrific scenes that have been uncovered in the kibbutzim and the other communities in the south, saying there's no excuse for the atrocities committed by Hamas militants. He also said the U.S. was working closely with Israel to release hostages in Gaza. And he said there is intensive diplomacy happening right now in the region to make sure that this does not uh, expand into a wider conflict. Those airstrikes are bombarding Gaza now almost around the clock. It is relentless. Aid workers inside Gaza describe it as catastrophic. They say hospitals are absolutely overwhelmed and overrun. People are uh, huddling near hospitals, hoping that that is a safe place. And the fuel for generators to operate them may run out, aid workers said, uh, within a matter of hours, not days now, but hours. Israel still standing by uh, its blockade, saying no fuel, no humanitarian assistance will get into Gaza as long as there are hostages still there. That at least according to one official here in Israel. Uh, there is concern, of course, for the hostages inside Gaza. The U.S. says that some hostages are American. A very small number is what we've been told. No more uh, clarification on how many uh, of those hostages may be American today. But for the first time, we did hear from an Israeli spokesperson saying that they have located some of those hostages inside Gaza. He didn't say how many. Of course, he didn't say where because of security and operational regions reasons. But it's the first indication, Carl, that they are now getting some sort of intelligence and finding out where the hostages are. Carl. Kelly, thank you for that update. Uh, we'll talk soon. Kelly Gobier of NBC News joining us today from Israel. Take a look at the pre-market here. Market uh, going to be wrestling with those headlines. We will get to some corporate news, of course. Dive in on Delta, Domino's, the actor's strike, Ford UAW, what happened to Birkenstock yesterday. VIX still below 16 this morning as these pre-market gains are withering a bit. We're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. The UAW launching this unexpected strike against one of Ford's most profitable plants. Our Phil LeBeau once again working two beats today has the latest. Hey, Phil. Carl, this is a major gut punch for Ford. Let me put it into some perspective just how valuable and important the Kentucky truck plant is. This is, by many estimations, the most profitable auto plant in the United States among all automakers. I've heard this from a number of people in the auto industry. The number of vehicles and the value of those vehicles that come out of the Kentucky truck plant 8,700 UAW workers now picketing outside of that plant in Louisville, Kentucky. 19.7% of Ford's U.S. production comes through that plant. And it is not only Ford's biggest plant in the U.S., it is Ford's biggest plant in the entire world. 
37, or excuse me, 41% of Ford's U.S. production has now been stopped by a UAW strike. Let me say that again. 41% is now stopped because of UAW strikes. And when you look at the Kentucky truck plant, this impacts not just that plant, but 13 other Ford facilities upstream as well as downstreams. The stamping facility does stampings not just for this plant, but for other plants as well. So it's a major hit to Ford and to the bottom line, depending on how long the strike lasts, lasts and how much production is lost. By the way, this truck plant generates about $25 billion in annual revenue for Ford. That is one-sixth of its annual revenue. Guys, you cannot overstate the significance of this move by the UAW as they are sending a clear signal when they made this announcement yesterday, a surprise announcement, I should point out. This is a clear signal to Ford. It is, it, it's, it's taking it to another level. That's the bottom line here in terms of how the UAW is approaching things. Guys, back to you. Phil, I wonder whether the impact is so big here um, that if Ford compromises and gives in, whether they'll have enough money to be competitive, uh, to do the, the uh, transplants, uh, to tackle Tesla, and the Chinese. How will they do it if they give in to this? Great question. And that all of this then comes down to profitability. Now, Sean Fain of the UAW would sit there and say, well, what's your what's your North American profitability for Ford this year? I think it was going to be around $10 billion, $11 billion, something like that. From Sean Fain's perspective, $11 billion or $12 billion, whatever it's going to be, somewhere in that range for Ford, that, that's plenty of money for them to start spending on the rank-and-file workers. To your point, Jim, Ford has already allocated, what, $50 billion in, in terms of uh, how much it's going to be spending on EVs. They've already spent, plus they will be spending over the next several years. They're nowhere close to being finished in terms of that conversion to the electric vehicle and how much they'll have to invest. So do they have money? Yes, they have money. Is it endless? No, it is not endless, to your point. Well, Phil, if it's not endless and they agree to the contract, is it possible that they'll have to fire, say, tens of thousands of people? And is it possible that they might do a lockout? I don't think they'll do a lockout. And, and Jim Farley has said, look, we do not plan to have to let go of anybody or not staff facilities with the contract offer that we have put on the table. And by Ford's uh, account, it is a record contract offer with 23% wage increase, cost of living adjustments, a number of other uh, enticements, if you will, for the rank and file. So Ford says it's not going to shut down plants. This is not going to be a case where they sign the contract and then they say, you know what, we can't afford this, we're shutting these two plants down. They are committing to these facilities that they have currently with the UAW, at least through the length of this next contract. Hey, Phil, finally, uh, the streets reacting to the news this morning. Uh, one of the interesting takes came out of Wells Fargo today, where they yeah. argued this news was positive, that it's going to allow the union to demonstrate to rank and file. Uh, they got their pound of flesh and that it could imply a deal in the next one to two weeks. I saw that, Carl. Uh, that, look, that's an interesting take. Um, that would imply that the union believes they're pretty close to a deal. And this is one of those moves that they make in, eh, okay, a couple of weeks from now, we might get a little bit more from Ford, but we're pretty close to having what we need. I don't get the sense that they're close. That's, that's just my sense as uh, talking with people uh, involved or close to the negotiations. Um, boy, it'd be great 
if uh, if this uh, analyst note is correct and it gets wrapped <laughs> up know. in a couple of weeks. But it's an interesting take, to say the least. Uh, I thought the same. And, Phil, your reporting is just amazing on this, but can we just get a little subjectivity? Bad will. I mean, when I was watching a Big Ten game uh, when this started, Ford was doing these incredible ads about how great they are to the workers and how they're all one. I mean, this sounds like you bring a camera crew to a, walk, to a walkout. I mean, this is devastating for what I thought was maybe good relations between the union and Jim Farley. Totally different playbook. The UAW is using a totally different playbook than anything that has been used in the past. And that was shown with, with this, Carl, in terms of, look, this was, they knew. Within a couple of minutes of being in that meeting, they said, oh, we don't have a counteroffer from you? Fine, Kentucky truck goes on strike. I mean, yeah. this was not a case where it was over hours, and then at the last second they said, we're fed up and we're going to go on strike. Yeah, no, no Facebook Live uh, this time no. uh, out of fame. Uh, Phil, we'll talk make some Delta uh, later on this morning. That's our Phil LeBeau this morning. You bet. Uh, thanks very much. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Take another look at the pre-market here. We're back in a minute. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Kramer's Matt Dash as we count down to the opening bell. People starting to put some numbers on paper about the ExxonMobil Pioneer deal. And I think the best piece I've seen so far is from Truist, which upgrades it and just talks about uh, it's the right M&A bite. Now, if you go through the deck, you'll see that they're at 150,000 barrels a day and there's a billion dollars in synergies uh, that this will help Pioneer get to its uh, carbon zero footprint. And it's rather remarkable. Now, I, I was, I'm not saying I was against it, but Travel Trust had a huge position. I was hoping for more. But if you like Exxon and you like the combination, you're going to get more. Uh, but this is a very thoughtful piece, which really, I think, would be ammo against uh, something if Lena Khan wants to go against it from the FTC. Because it just really says there's so many benefits. If you get out 150,000 barrels, then maybe go to 250. Then what you would have is maybe a lower gasoline price, which everybody in America wants. I haven't heard you or David suggest that there's a lot of reg risk on this one. No, but I just didn't think there would be on activism in Blizzard. And I didn't think there, uh, that we would have a lot on Horizon Amgen. And I was wrong. Uh, so I'm not going to just say that she's going to. I mean, those deals just seem so clear cut uh, and positive. And the... The judge's report from Northern California on Activision Blizzard was such a slap in the face. And the fact that they agreed to something that Bob Bradway, the Amgen CEO, had put out beforehand uh, tells me they're on the run. But I don't trust it. By the way, you just saw uh, that graphic, uh, David's documentary on Exxon from a few months ago, going to run again tonight. A great profile of what Exxon's doing all around the world. And that was a big part of the, the commentary from Woods yesterday. Yes. Diana, people should recognize that Pioneer did not have the technology to get to zero on its own. Uh, Scott Sheffield said a couple weeks ago that Kingdom. Uh, I, I know Scott. Now, the one thing is that they, I introduced a new CEO on Mad Money, and he will not be the CEO. Uh, I was hoping for that they get to the highest price that it's been. They did not. But uh, Scott's a very earnest man, and I salute him for what he's done. 
Here's a look at the open here, uh, just south of 4400 at the uh, big board today. It's Vanguard celebrating the 13th anniversary of the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF at the NASDAQ. It's Microsoft commemorating Hispanic Heritage Month. Microsoft also in the news today, Jim, on this report that there's a tax dispute worth $28 billion in back taxes, perhaps? Yeah, uh, I would say that when I read it, uh, Amy Hood's the excellent CFO there. I, I felt that I know IRS, you're guilty till proven innocent, the only part of the government that it's like that. But uh, the government may have met it match with Amy. <laughs> She's that good. Yep, yep. And that earnest again and that honest. And I just, it's, it, this one's hard for me to swallow or believe. Um, as for the overall indices, uh, nice uh, note out of the Goldman desk. Just looking at the short position, the notional short flow close to 10-year highs. They think this squeeze could continue, and it kind of explains, in their view, why the market has not freaked out on geopolitics. Yeah, and they have a tactical list of great stocks that you should buy. And uh, they're, of course, one of them probably would be Goldman now that they uh, off the green sky. But yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of grudgingly saying, you know what, we better get on board recommend some stocks here, be a little more uh, positive, because it doesn't want to go down. Now, against that is, it's the megas that don't want to go down, because I can show you plenty of companies in the food and drug that want to go down, the utilities want to go down, retail that want to go down, uh, oil and gas want to go down. So, yes, you're reacting to uh, Mark Zuckerberg and reacting to Andy Jassy and uh, people who are just a uh, two Jensen Wong, and I'm, you know, there I'm talking about, of course, Meta, uh, Amazon, uh, and Nvidia, and these are the companies that move things higher. Anything that's in the sights of GLP one, even by the most uh, fanciful, and this is Bigovi and Mojano, you just can't get out of their way. Legitimately so, or just because that's no, the thread right it's now? It's just that's the thread. I, I think that. There's a piece today talking about ResMed and how it may, what it, sleep apnea may not be that bad. But uh, the problem with all these is that, let, let's take diabetes. It's absolutely true that you, if you have diabetes, you're still going to take the, the Libra uh, the glucose monitor from Abbott. But if you're pre-diabetes and overweight, maybe you get your weight down and you don't get diabetes. So it's the populace that might not need the, the uh, any of the drugs or the devices. And it is the, um, I would say, the people who uh, in the future have drugs that they take, and they never talk about this, but they really should. There are a lot of drugs, 15 million people between 5 and 15, I think it's closer to 15, take drugs that put on weight. And I say 15 because they usually don't take it because they put on so much weight. And they are the ones that I think that the healthcare company, the insurers, are going to just give it to immediately. Because you can put on so much weight with drugs and therefore you don't take them, so therefore you end up problems. So I think ultimately when you look at Eli Lilly, it's correct what's going on. Right. It doesn't seem to have buffeted DPZ all that much, although revenue miss today. Right, but I, I think that... What I, I thought's interesting is they, you say, okay, well, why isn't that stock down more? And the answer is it's up because, you know, Russell Wiener, who's the CEO, has figured out a lot of stuff. Remember, we were facing quarter after quarter of decline, and we couldn't figure it out. It's a, this is a quarter which just says, you know what, we're, we're willing to tolerate some down quarters in U.S. The international's still good. Uh, to figure things out, it's they're they're not they're slow. It seems like they're slowing the franchises, uh, but I was very proud of what this company's doing, which is because now they're going to have uh, they have Uber Eats. It's be on the menu. I, I look at them and I say they are very forward thinking. 
They're very forward-looking. The cost of a pizza doesn't care doesn't mean as much as the opening of franchises. I was a little disappointed they didn't open more franchises, but the fact is is that this stock is up because people recognize there's a new sheriff, and I think Weiner's great. Now, he, uh, Weiner's great. I, he did, uh, he was a vendor at Yankee Stadium. You're kidding. He, no, no, he's a food guy from way back. And I think he's rigorous, I think he's tough, and he's surprising people, and it's really good. Ah, that's interesting. Um, Chipotle is sort of in the same universe. There have been reports this week of further price hikes, Jim, uh, but the damage to CMG is not nearly what McDonald's has suffered. I think. No, and they're talking about four different price hikes. I'm not sure whether Chipotle may exactly agree with that, but I would say this. I still think the stock's going to 2000. Uh, I still think that Brian Nichol has got bringing the best technology in. McDonald's is a case of the franchisees being angry. Uh, if you want to know who's in the crosshairs of GLP-1, it's McDonald's because you're not going to meet a double. You're not going to have a double. Uh, you're going to have a single patty because you can't finish it. So why bother to get a double? Uh, and then the other thing is that why aren't they doing what Wendy's is doing? Maybe they are, and it's a skunk works. The lettuce you, stuff? You don't need, oh no, but you don't need that person who's on the drive-thru. Uh, yes. Because the person is not as smart as what Jensen's come up with. I mean, to, to, you know, so then you make the person, you, you don't fire the person. You put them on the, the make line, and you save about a minute. And then I'm, I'm more inclined versus Wendy's where my wife's in charge. And, you know, it's if they had a triple burger with bacon, holy cow, you know, pound it. <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have said no, that. It's okay. She doesn't watch. That, 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 that was probably ill advice. <laughs> um, Jim, the, every, a lot of curtain raisers on the banks today. One's on Goldman. You mentioned Green Sky. Is yeah. the deal environment rich enough to have the quarter be good? Are you making moves? Have you been interested in B of A? I, 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 wish, I wish they hadn't done Birkenstock the way they did because that was, that, that was greedy. Uh, and, and when a deal breaks down, it kind of stops the engine. As long as Lena Khan remains at the FTC, you won't get the, the, the mergers that you want. Uh, but when you cut out the extraneous things, say, at, at Goldman, you could do well. And Bank of America is very cheap. Now, historically, it's not meant to think uh, because the regulators have not are still in charge of the banks. I don't like the banks. I look at, you, know, you look at Huntington Bank shares. Look at Key. Key 7.7 with Gorman, who's running it, and he's a fantastic CEO. He's done a great job. Key dominates its areas in Cleveland, and it's, it doesn't matter. Now, how could that be 7.8% yield? Yep. First Horizon was not able to complete a $25 bid from TD because of problems with TD, and the stock's at 10. I mean... I just think these regionals, I would, you know, someone calls in the light rounds, what do you think of these regionals? And I say, I don't know what makes them go higher. I don't. And that's coming from someone who, if he could, would hike rates more on November 1. Yes, I would. Well, I just want to work it. I'm I'm with Pat. You definitely raise the issue. Don't I want higher gross margins? For our viewers who want stocks to go higher, yes. But I just do fret about the working person because a 4% increase is gigantic for them. I mean, look what's happening in Ford. Now, I think Ford has gotten a little aggressive. But Ford Ford had underpaid because of the old contract. But I just think that, you know, Powell's right. He wants to see four, then three, then two. He wants to see what happened to Costco, where they got it. AP's got a piece this morning on public approval of either the automakers or the unions. You want to know percentage that favored the automakers? Oh, my. It's like like 6%. 9%, yeah. something below, below 10. I was shocked at that. I thought that, that perhaps there would be people who say, you know what, I have a F-150, I love it, and uh, they do a great job, and the workers are being greedy, and no. 
the workers, the workers win. That kind of brings us also to the Actors Guild, uh, as talks are now suspended, long thread on X from the union saying, alleging bully tactics, uh, the gap is just too wide on pay. This is, these are amazing. I mean, wherever there are unions, it seems that the unions uh, are basically saying, listen, we haven't done as well as you thought. Now we're going to get the makeup that we haven't made. Uh, and I don't see much backlash. I, frankly, I think it's rather amazing, Carl, that there aren't people who just say, will you give me a break? Uh, I, I feel that you're making too much money as it is. But no one's saying that. And I think that they're looking at the amount of money that the CEOs make. And the disparity in that is industry, which is the largest of any industry I follow, and just saying, are you kidding me? Um, I just really think that it is uh, a travesty how much they make versus how much the people on the line make. That's not the case in the autos, but it doesn't matter. You think it's interesting that the airlines managed to get through a lot of negotiations without too much drama uh, with the pilots? Uh, I, I, with the what a great question. I have found that the airline CEOs, and I interview a lot of them, I mean, look, I'm not saying they're better than everybody else, but I, I am saying that they seem almost more sympathetic and a team. Uh, and it does seem that the workers must be more proud there. I am shocked. I was on the Bronco assembly line for a day at Ford, and I thought the people were like, yeah, man, I'm making Broncos. My daughter has a Bronco. We love it. Uh, I was proud. I, they all wanted pictures. We talked about Bronco. Well, no. I mean, Sean Fain has got them riled up, and the Bronco looks like it's shut, you know, shut down, and now, jeez, the Super Duty. I mean, the Super Duty is America. And you know what America is saying? Jim Farley, uh, you're a great guy, but uh-uh, we're going with the workers. And it's really tough. There's so many people involved. If you shut that down, then Jay Powell's going to have to do something. He, he won't be able to be raising because there's the ripple effect's gigantic. Oh, yeah. We're not going to have used cars to lean on on the next No, used cars are not going to be up 1%. Right. And CarMax does a really good job. I saw Carvana downgrade there. But uh, CarMax is a really good company. And when they talk about uh, the cost not going uh, down, they have the best look-see in it, any company on earth. Um, of the uh, calls this morning, Jim, Target's interesting out of B of A. That's one of those which is like, okay, I mean, I went there and there were still a lot of people. Uh, you know, I, 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 I really, it is kind of weird that a place that we all like to shop at, and I, I'm putting it out there, I shop there constantly, um, it just seems like that they are the odd man out. They can't make it in food. That's Walmart. They can't make it in clothes. And that's totally untrue. They have so many private labels, the cat and jack kind of things. And I just think it's theft. And I don't want to. Brian Cornell's been the most out front about theft. Uh, and I was in a jailbreak theft on mission where uh, it, there was a. You happened to be there? Yeah, I happened to be oh there for gosh. jailbreak theft. And that what that was was someone dropped a lot of change. So the cashiers are so. Uh, giving and thankful. They all were picking up the uh, change. And that was the signal to carry out everything that you could find. And I almost got hit by a, a giant bottle of cranberry juice. I wouldn't be here if it was because that would be like, I'd be in concussion yeah, protocol. Yes. But it was amazing. And I told Brian Cornell and he said, look, what am I supposed to do? Have the cashiers? They're not like armed guards. But the breakout was really incredible to watch because it was so organized. And it was pretty much any, I, I felt it was any uh, item that was not under lock and key. Right. Was being carried out. And yeah. Cornell's actually one of the CEOs meeting with the president today about the economy. Uh, Arvind Krishna is going to be there. Uh, Ken Chenault, formerly of AXP, talking about sort of 
how corporates are viewing the economic environment right now. It'll be interesting. Well, I mean, I think that we're getting into the, a serious have-have-not. I mean, Amazon has no theft. Costco has no theft. We don't know about Walmart, but they really haven't spoken about it. But these these companies, if you want to know, I mean, look, I, am, is Walmart a monopoly? No, I mean, they're raising, they're doing a great job. They're, they're a price cutter, not a price raiser. And Costco is able to keep prices down. But you, you have Albertsons merging with Kroger, and they need that. That's existential if they're going to go against these companies. If you take a look at, at the charts of all these companies I just mentioned, they are up charts. And the reason up charts is that they don't have any theft. And theft is the, theft is the destroyer of margins. Uh, and they, there was a great story about a ring that was uh, found at, at a Home Depot. And, you know, I just think that anything that's not nailed down. And, you know, there were a, a terrible couple of shootings of people who tried to yeah. stop. Yeah. So you can't stop them. The only way you can do it is to put people in jail who uh, steal more than $1,000 or to break the ring, find the ring of fences, because this stuff is not, I mean, maybe the cranberry juice, that, that may not be, there's no store set up, but uh, it was on Mission Street, and, and Brian said, listen, what am I supposed to do? I am committed to that neighborhood. I'm the only guy there. Uh, the store manager's great. You know, people don't understand Brian Cornell. I mean, he was so proud uh, after George Floyd that, that there were people who ringed the targets uh, in Brooklyn. Rather, because they were hoping they'd stay open. But they started to close stores, yep, yep, too. they closed They've East Harlem. Yeah, that's for sure. And I just think anyone who talks to Brian knows he's so committed to neighborhoods that you wish that people knew don't hit Target. But uh-uh. Uh, on some industrial names, Jim, I got a downgraded carrier, again, this time out what? of Wolf. I mean, um, people just think that Dave Gitlin has fallen into a trap with this German company. And, and, and the fact that Europe is too weak to be able to, to make it so that everyone will convert uh, to these to, you know, to, to better pumps. But Europe has all the money in the world for the environment. It's everything else they don't have the money for. But I know Dave's research that uh, Dave's been on a couple of times. I'm with Dave, uh, but I also understand that these no, there are a series of analysts who simply don't believe that Europe has the money to make everybody convert. I don't. I disagree with that. Right. Fastenal actually is the uh, biggest S&P gainer today, despite some comments that uh, there's still some challenging uh, dynamics to this well, environment. Granger's doing yeah. well. Granger's doing too. well. Cintas uh, is doing well. There's all these companies that are aid uh, to that are really aid on uh, small business to medium-sized business, and I think that that's one of the great. I didn't do it on last night. Uh, Fastenal's more just in, in general, but I had Intuit, and Intuit is about making it so that you don't need costly help anywhere. You can do everything on the Intuit platform, and you keep seeing, look at that. that we look at that chart, and that's a chart of small business. Now, when I had paychecks on, new uh, guy, John Gibson, he's terrific, uh, they, they just talked about how there's just a continued growth in small, medium-sized business. And I think that's Adobe and Intuit. And I meant those, they're, they're the rubric. Because Shantanu Narayan is just making so, uh, if my daughter, my daughter's I website. I thought of her, I was just thinking yeah, of her. You know, better than, I mean, she's trying to expand to some more businesses. But you, you can use the uh, website, and believe me, you're better than any of these companies that's gonna be the chat GPT. Yeah. And better than you're gonna be in the GP. <laughs> you know, you get them all there, right? You get yes. Wagovi. But it, it's true. I mean, you can do the people who do ChatGPT who are big aren't doing it any better than people are doing it small. And that's really important. You mentioned briefly Birkenstock, which this morning, Jim, is uh, broken 40 uh, briefly. Yeah, sometimes you just get had. You got had if you bought that one. 
Uh, they chart, they played it too high. They were too greedy. Uh, that was dumb because they could break the streak. And then uh, Gina Francola, our person, put out a, a, an amazing piece yesterday. I'm trying to get her to isolate the, the Chinese companies. Not, you know, there's some bad deals and some good deals, but there are a lot of bad deals. Do, do you buy the headlines that argue this deals dealt a blow to the IPO, yes, budding because, IPO window? Yes, because the bankers got greedy and the... And, the vent, the cap, the company, the PE company got greedy, Catterton, and you wrecked the narrative. I mean, come on, Birkenstock. We did a piece which says it was just really expensive in the 40s. Relative uh, to what? Crocs, Nike? Yes, exactly. I mean, Nike is that you look at that teen survey that Piper d- does, and you can see, by the way, that Nike has got this tremendous 60% mind share. And Birkenstock, the only company that is, I love Nike here, by the way. I just think it's just so overdone on the downside. Their China numbers are good. Uh, they know it's really vital for Foot Locker, which I know is a pathetic, a pathetic helpless giant that might. If David were here, you saying, "How could you own that stuff?" Yes. But I believe in Mary Dillon. Boeing, you. Yeah, he's Boeing he's me. Boeing yeah, oh, he would crush me like a bug on a windshield. But I, I do think. Oh, look at that! People are betting that there's something going on, and, and keep betting. I mean, my trust owns it. Just keep betting. Taking the under on that right now. But Nike's doing really well, and I think that's cheap. And a trade where you go long, I don't recommend shorts, but you go long Nike and short Birkenstock's probably going to be good. The only shoe company that is worth more is Federer's. They really hide Federer. They shouldn't, because I think Federer's just a great guy. Uh, (laughs) I do, but on holdings is more expensive. That's the only one. Now, on holdings has a big short position, and a lot of people don't believe in it. Uh, I think that, look in my closet. (laughs) Prosecution rests. Uh, Yeah, footwear has been a big story this week. We'll go to break here. We'll check bonds as well. The 10-year did crack above 4.6. There you go. And with that, you did have equities give up some opening gains here. Obviously, CPI is now under our belt, and we will turn to the banks that we'll get tomorrow. Sure. I'm ready ready for them. Uh, 4.62 at the moment. Be right back. Here's a name we don't talk about uh, maybe quite as much as we should. Uh, Spotify, Morgan Stanley today makes it a top pick. They talk about some durable growth in a slowing macro. They point out the music industry is having a pretty good year. Uh, Bull case 250, they say, which they like the skew compared to their bear case of 115. That's typically how Morgan Stanley frames these things. We'll get stop trading with Jim in a minute. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. One to watch, uh, VMware. Now, uh, Hawk Tan, that's, he's the CEO of Broadcom. He has been saying over and over again, this deal is going to get Chinese approval by October, and by the end of October. And a lot of people felt that that is fanciful. Uh, but that could happen. And if that happens, then Broadcom, you would, this is a charitable trust name, you would raise numbers rather dramatically, which is why we bought it. We figured either a buyback or the, they raise them. Now, look, it's a bad day for the market because uh, Jay Powell is a, forgiving man and he doesn't he's worried about the working person but i think this is uh, something it's a secular change because it, they're really huge by the way in ai uh partner they they partner and i'm put uh, air quotes around that with with uh, with with, uh, with jensen wong and nvidia but that no more than marvell does marvell technology and marvell uh, we'll watch that one uh, interesting uh, headline. I know China invited our defense secretary to their defense forum, which J.P. Morgan said biggest dollar branch of the year. Absolutely. And I think there's movement. I think there's some movement because I think that there's a recognition that maybe things are getting out of control. I still think that Kissinger's uh, talk must be watched uh, because Kiss- and this is Bloomberg talk. 
Kissinger's more with it at 100 than most people are at 50. And what he's basically saying is there's got to be some movement here. And I think that's movement. Yeah. Um, I want movement. I've been very hard, but only because I want movement, not because I don't like the Chinese. My father worked for the Chinese for years, and I think they're fantastic. What's on tonight? Okay. Um, I, I'm doing, we've been doing some crazy stuff, uh, and it, well, it's going to be a surprise. How about that? It's Ben Stoto that's doing it. A lot of people feel that Ben Stoto, who helped me write the piece about Birkenstock, saying it's too expensive, he killed the Birkenstock deal. It's <laughs> not true. The, the, the sellers power. did. The sellers killed it. Uh, Jim, look forward to tonight. Thank of course, you. we'll uh, we'll rest up for tomorrow. Uh, Going to be a big finish to the week as we get some of these uh, bank earnings and kick off the Q3 earnings season. We will turn back to some of today's big earnings movers. There's a look at Delta uh, higher despite some of the narrowing guidance uh, in the six to seven look, range. They, now they tell a good story. I think that company's very good. That's been the one I've been recommending. They're very good. We're back in a couple of minutes. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.